0: And so, Father, now we turn to your word. May your Ruach, may your spirit anoint your word, may it give us instruction in the general principles, the commands of God, so that we will fulfill the divine calling that you've placed on us, both as a corporate body of Messiah and also as individuals, Almighty God. We pray that the spirit of the living God would stir up the gifts that the Ruach has given to each and every one of us, to the building up of the body of Messiah and calling and equipping and proclaiming the good news and glorifying and only doing the will of the Father that you've sent for us to do as we breathe on this earth. To your name be all praise and glory and honor in Yeshua's name, amen. Acts of Yeshua's Emissaries, the Shalakim, chapter 28. So if you'd like to turn with me now to Acts, chapter 28 we've been on this journey with the apostle paul and all these other emissaries we've seen how the bridge of the good news coming from the jewish people from god because salvation is of the jews the scripture say only because messiah yeshua is jewish He's the king of the Jews. And so now the bridge has been built so that the people of the nations could come and be reconciled unto God the Father through Yeshua, his son. Yeshua says, I am the way, the truth of the life. No one, not one person comes to the Father except through him. He says the word me. And so with this, we see through the book of Acts, that transition of those apostles going forward and proclaiming the good news to the nations. And let us begin in Acts chapter 28. After our escape, we learned that the island was called Malta. If you happen to have your maps, you'll look over here. You'll see a little island that's just a little bit south and west of present-day Sicily. And what is to the north and a little bit, yeah, due north is the the country of Italy. And so Rav Shaul is on his way to present the good news. I know he's going to trial before the emperor, but he's there to proclaim the good news. He's taken every advantage, every opportunity of being falsely accused, and he's willing to go to trial. And what better place than to go to where the Roman capital is and to proclaim the good news at the very hub of this evil empire, the Roman Empire, to proclaim the good news unto all the people, especially the Jewish people. So verse 1, let's hear it again. After our escape, we learned that the island was called Malta. Its people showed extraordinary kindness. It was cold, and it started to rain, so that they lit a bonfire and they welcomed us. Sha'ul gathered a bundle of sticks and was adding them to the fire. When a poisonous snake, driven up by the heat, fastened itself to his hand. The islanders saw the creature hanging from Shaul's hand. And they said to one another, this man must be a murderer. Even though he escaped the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. See, because from their past experience, When a poisonous steak would attach itself to someone and then begin to uh, excrete its, its poison into them, that was an automatic
1: death sentence. It wouldn't be long.
0: And they saw it because they were very superstitious people as an act of the gods, plural bringing judgment on someone who committed murder. Let's continue here. Verse 5. But he shook the snake off into the fire, and he suffered no harm. They waited, expecting him to swell or suddenly fall down dead. But after waiting for a long time and seeing that nothing amiss was happening to him, they reversed their opinion and now said, He was a God, small g. Remember, he's speaking to pagan people who have not received the testimony and the witness of the one true God. So let's continue here in verse 7. Nearby were lands belonging to the governor of the island, whose name was Cubulus. He received us in a friendly manner and put us for three days. Now, as it happened, Cubilus' father was lying in bed. He was sick with fever attacks and dysentery. This is not a light sickness. You can die from this. Continuing, Shaul went into him and prayed and placed his hands upon him and healed him. See, these were some of the promises that were given to those apostles as they proclaimed the good news that both signs and wonders, examples of proofs that the words that they were sharing were from God. Think about Yeshua when he was on this earth, and the Pharisees and scribes heard. About him preaching and they would come and they would come and spy out. They did no difference from Johannan John, who people call the Baptist, even though he was never a true Baptist. But he did baptize people. They sent out spies against him also. But Yohanan John had no signs or wonders accompanying him. Other than conviction upon the hearts of the Jewish people who went through the waters of immersion, waters of repentance. And some of you may be saying, well, isn't that a Christian thing? No. It's a Jewish thing. Before you would bring your offering to the temple, you would go through the waters of immersion and repenting of your sins. And then you would go up to the outer courts and then present your offering, that live animal, bull or ram, you would present it there before the priest and the priest would examine to see if it had any flaws. Is it lame? Does it have a weak eye? Does it have open sores on its back? It would examine because the Lord would only take something that was Without flaw to be a legitimate sacrifice to me And so going forward here, there were signs and wonders, wonders accompanying these apostles. Think about this: The scripture warns us that in the very last days there will be false prophets. And there will be false apostles. And they will do signs and wonders. And it says in the scripture, even if it was possible, they would be able to do what? To deceive the elect of God. So the signs and the wonders. Just as these people from the pagan. From their culture. They examined this. They said this. Rav Shaul is a little god. But with this, Rav Shaul begins to proclaim the good news. He pre- he's able to heal others. And think about this. Think of Julius, who is the Roman officer. And those 276 people that were on that ship that survived the destruction of that ship. They're all on that island, and they're all bearing witness to this. So let us continue. Now, it, was, it so happened that Cubulus's father was lying in bed sick with the fever, attacks, and dysentery. Shaul went to him and prayed and placed his hands upon him, and he healed him. After this happened, the rest of those on the island who had ailments... They came and were healed. You know what it says in the gospel of John, the good news of John? That all the signs and wonders and all the things that Yeshua said and did while he was on earth. If it was all recorded, there would not be enough books in the world to record everything. He was constantly healing and touching people and proclaiming the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is now here, preparing and asking Israel, the Jewish people, to do to Shuva to repent, to turn back to God. And Yohanan, John, who prepared the way, the one they call the Baptists, he was calling the people of Israel, all the people of Israel, into repentance, to go underneath the waters of immersion, to have their sins cleansed and washed away. Because what did, what did John say when he saw Yeshua come to go underneath the waters one day? Behold the Lamb of God, the one who takes away the sins of the world.
1: So let us continue here.
0: Verse 10, they heaped honors on us, And when came time for us to sail, they provided the supplies we needed. After three months, we sailed away on the ship from Alexandria, called what? Twin Gods, named after pagans, which had passed the winter at the island. We landed there at Syracuse. Can you find Syracuse on your map? In the back of your Bibles, you most likely have a map. And so, Syracuse is actually one of the cities there in Sicily. So, let us continue here. We landed at Syracuse and we stayed there three days. From there, we arrived at Regium. And where is Regium? It's on the very, very bottom. Italy has been many times compared to a boot. And so, we can see there, it's at the very tip where the toe would be. And that boot. So let us continue. From there, we arrived at Regium by tacking, but after one day, the south wind sprung up, and we made it all the. We made it to Petuli. Can you find Petuli on your on your map there? It's not too far there from Rome. Is where Petuli is. And so these are little places. This is not symbolic. These are little places, and these are real people at that time that we're alive. Verse 14. There we found brothers. When he speaks of brothers here in the context, he's speaking about fellow Messianic Jews who invited us to spend a week with them. And so we went on towards Rome. So here they're at at, uh, Petulli. And as they go further north, they finally end up in Rome. The brothers, the Messianic Jews, there had heard about us and came as far as the Appian Market and the three taverns. And some Bible uh, maps, it's called the... uh, the three taverns, to meet us. And when Saul saw them, he thanked God and he took courage. Why? Because he knew that the Lord's work had already begun in Rome and in these other cities. And that there were Jews who were coming to put their faith and trust that Yeshua is the Messiah. So let us continue. Verse 16, and when we arrived at Rome, the officer allowed Shaul to stay by himself, though guarded by a soldier. So he wasn't put into a prison because Rav Shul, he went, actually, he rented a house. But there had to be a soldier there. Just like people today, they have to, if, they're in, if, if they've uh, been uh, arrested and they go to jail and they're released, who do they have to check in with? Dog the bounty hunter, or they have to check in with their parole officer, okay? And so to modernize this for us, uh, who even know who dog and bounty hunter are, is some people are thinking, well, who is that person? I have no idea. It's a gentleman that goes out, and when people, they're supposed to show up in court, the, uh, the Sergeant of Arms of the Court calls the bounty hunter and the bounty hunter goes and finds that person and they're arrested they're put in jail until their appointed time of their trial. So let's continue here. I've probably thrown people off by mentioning even uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter, but some people are, are finding this humorous and I don't do, usually do very much humor, but that's okay. It's not one of my gifts. Now going back to verse 17. After these days, Shaul called a meeting with the local Jewish leaders. When they had gathered, he said to them, brothers, notice this. These are Jewish leaders who have not received Yeshua as their Messiah. See, the Apostle Paul, when he accepted uh, Yeshua, he did not Forsake Judaism.
1: He did not become a Christian. He remained a Jew. He believed
0: in a Jewish Messiah. He did not, the Lord did not say, now I want you to forsake your people. I want you to forsake your, your, your culture. And now you are a Christian. And with you, I'm going to start this brand new religion. We've gone through the book of Acts. It does not teach that. And so he was able to call his Jewish brothers who have a veil over their eyes, just as Rav Shaul had a veil over his eyes. He's part of the Jewish community, and they recognize him as a Jew. Most likely, he has Zit Zit on his garment. But the book of Acts doesn't focus on that. See, Jewish men were commanded by scripture to wear tzitzit. Yeshua wore tzitzit. When it talks about that a woman went and touched the hem of his garment, it's actually talking about these, the tzitzit, the tassels. See, there was no guessing
1: uh, Roshul says that he's a Pharisee towards the end of his life.
0: He did not deny his culture. He did not deny his people. And he calls these Jews in Rome, the Jewish leaders. And who are these leaders? They're the leaders of the synagogues in Rome. Let's continue. For some people, this is like, oh, my goodness, Rabbi. What are you saying? I'm saying the truth. As revealed through the scripture. Let's continue. After three days in verse 17, Shaul called a meeting with the local Jewish leaders. And when they had gathered, he said to them, brothers, although I have done nothing against either our people or the traditions of our fathers, I was made a prisoner in Jerusalem." And handed over to the Romans, because when they showed up, Rob Shaul was wearing chains, and these are not gold chains. Why? Because he's a prisoner, although he's living in a house that he's renting, although he has a Roman soldier who has been attached to him. I've seen people today, and it's true of that time, when a Roman soldier was sent to guard you, many times there was a chain going from the the prisoner's chain that was connected also to the
1: soldier. So that if a prisoner was about to flee, he would have to carry the soldier with him. And so when he's calling these Jewish leaders to come and see
0: him, they see the chains. What's going up in their minds? What's up? And so that's why he's explaining these things to them. Brothers, verse 17, although I've done nothing against either our people, what people? the Jewish people, or our traditions. What traditions? The Jewish traditions of our fathers. I was made a prisoner in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. Verse 18, they examined me and were ready to release me because I had done nothing to justify a death sentence. But when the Judean leadership objected I was forced to appeal to who? To the emperor. Not that I had any charge, not that I had any charge to make against my own people. What people? The Jewish people who have not received Yeshua, Jesus as a Messiah. Let's continue. Verse 20. This is why I have asked to see you and speak to you. For it is because of the hope of Israel. What is the hope of Israel? But the Messiah Yeshua. What do Jews in the land of Israel need to come to know? Yeshua as the Messiah. What does every Jew that lives throughout the whole four corners of this earth. Needs to have the veil removed from their eyes. So that they can see who Yeshua is, the promised Mashiach, the Messiah. And so Rav Shaul, who once had a veil over his eyes, fully understands all his Jewish brothers' opinions. Why? Because they were once theirs. Did not Alan share today about The Apostle Paul, Rav Shaul, and believing that this was a brand new religion that was being introduced to Jewish people, and that Rav Shaul believed that, hey, I got to get at these people. They're leading Israel astray. He was fully convinced, and did we not read in the book of Acts as he was on the way to Damascus? that the Lord himself had to speak to him directly in the daytime at noon. And it wasn't a cloudy day. It wasn't a day where there was an eclipse of the moon on the sun. But it was a clear day. And there came a bright light and it spoke to him. And he said, Shaul, Shaul. Saul, Saul, Paul, Paul. Why are you persecuting me?
1: This is a scripture
0: that that the Lord allowed, like scales, to go over His eyes, because in the depth of His heart He believed that He was fulfilling what Alan shared in Deuteronomy today—that
1: if a prophet,
0: or a wife, or a husband, a son or daughter, a dear friend come to you
1: and lead you to other gods. You're to put them to death. And see now, Rav
0: Sha'ul has gone through the process of having the veil removed from his eyes. The truth of who Yeshua is. He accepted Yeshua. He went through the waters of immersion. And then he was called. Called to be a light to the nations. But where wherever he went, where did he go first to? To the Jew first. He would find to see if there was a synagogue there. Or he'd go by the by the By the body of water, a pond, a lake, a river, a stream, where Jews would be on Shabbat, worshiping the Lord if they had no synagogue. And so what he had done prior, as he went throughout minor Asia, which is present-day Turkey, he went to the Jew first to proclaim the good news. Because they are to be the ambassadors to the world. And the book of Revelation says this. The appointed time when the bride of Messiah is taken out. The Lord will raise up what? 144,000 men from the 12 tribes of Israel. And they will be sealed with God. And they will proclaim the good news. That is part of God's plan. From the Jewish people, all the apostles that went forth and spoke, they were all Jews. They proclaimed the good news. And so Daniel's 70th week shall be fulfilled. And there will be two witnesses that will speak. Proclaiming the good news and judging the world. And there will be a great harvest of people from the nations and the Jewish people who will be coming to know Messiah as Yeshua is pouring out his wrath upon this earth. This is all going to be accomplished according to what the prophets of old in the Tanakh have declared and what the apostles, the Jewish apostles, have written and recorded in the Brit Hadashah, the New Covenant. And all the nations who've been grafted in, that call yourselves Christians, your followers of Christ, followers of Messiah, followers of Messiah, you're grafted into the Commonwealth of Israel. Co-heirs. But God is going to accomplish his last day's prophetic word, just as he's promised. It's yes and amen. And we're on the cusp of all these things happening at any moment. Through the Lord's orchestration. So do not fear when you see a one world religion come. A one world order, a one world government, a one world currency. Do not be afraid. Everything that the Lord's doing, he's made known to his people. The Jewish people and those who've been grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. We're to know
1: it and walk therein. Let's continue.
0: Verse 20, this is why I've asked to see you and speak to you. For it is because of the hope of Israel that I have this chain around me. Did I mention earlier about him wearing chains? This is not gold
1: chains or silver. But
0: these are chains in imprisonment. Rob Sheol said, I'm a prisoner of Messiah Yeshua. And he rejoiced over
1: it. You know, our lives are no longer our own. They belong
0: to Yeshua. So think about this when you see something you should not be looking at. We're reading something you're not supposed to be reading. You belong to the Lord. You are his. And we're not to be entertained by the profane, the things of the world. Rabbi, that hurts. It should
1: hurt. Are we allowing our hearts and minds to be entertained by the, by the cesspool and the sewage of this world? Let's continue.
0: Verse 21. They said to him, we have not received any letters about you from Yehuda, from Judah. And none of the brothers, fellow Jews, who have come from there has reported or said anything bad about you. You know why? Because the false accusations that were brought about against Rav Shaul that Festus and Felix would not even deal with because they wanted bribes. They were playing political games with the Jewish leaders because they knew this. They had to keep them in check. Otherwise, they would be removed from their authority and power. And think about this today. We're dealing with politicians around the world. We're building their own kingdoms And seeking power, they're lusting for power and control and money.
1: That's the way of the world. And Rav Shaul
0: dealt with the way of the world in his time. And so those Jewish leaders that were doing
1: evil in God's sight wanted to keep this hidden. From those
0: Jewish leaders that were part of the diaspora. Let's continue here. Verse 22. Well, we do think it would be appropriate to hear your views from you. See, they have not closed their minds. They have open minds. These men are like the Jewish leaders that were part of that synagogue in Berea. When they heard Rav Shaul speak from the Tanakh, the Old Testament, from Genesis through Malachi. Because Rav Shaul did not preach to them Matthew through Revelation because it was in the process of being written. And so the holy scriptures of speaking of who Messiah is. I encourage you, if you go to witness to a Jewish person who does not know Messiah. Don't hand them a New Testament. Why? Because they'll set it
1: aside. That's not their book. Ask them to read Isaiah 53. And then after they've read it, if you happen to see them again, ask them, who is the prophet speaking of?
0: Let's continue here. Verse 22. But we do think it would be appropriate to hear your views from you yourself. For, for all we know about this sect. What is this sect? These are people who are following and believing that Yeshua
1: is the Messiah.
0: Lucereen. Followers of this prophet from Nazareth modern-day vernacular, or words we would call them Messianic Jews. Ones who believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, and they remain as Jews in their
1: culture and their identity. Because
0: what is more natural, according to God's word in the Tanakh, than for Jewish people to receive their Messiah? And God has only given the Jewish people one Messiah, and his name is Yeshua. Did not Moshe say, Moses say, there's coming a day a prophet like me will come, and you're to obey his every word. All the prophets of the Tanakh speak about the coming of the Mashiach, the Messiah. Let's continue back here. But we do think it would be appropriate to hear your views from you, yourself, for all we know about this sect, this Jewish sect. See, they recognize that this is part of of Judaism. There were many sects at that time. S-E-C-T. I'm not saying S-E-X. So I know over this, it come out wrong. There were the Pharisees. There were the
1: Sadducees. And there were many other groups, the Essians. And there were also Messianic Jews. So this is a brand new sect of Judaism. And they're examining
0: it to see if this sect. Fulfills the teaching of the Tanakh. What the prophets of old spoke of. Jeremiah 31.31 31 says. God says this. I will give you a new covenant. A Brit Hadasha. You will no longer be following the old
1: covenant. Which you and your fathers. Rejected. And failed to do.
0: That's the bridge that Rav Shaul is building with these Jewish leaders. So that just like he crossed that bridge as the veil of deception was removed from his eyes, they could not only see but recognize Yeshua as the Messiah if their hearts are open to receive. And if they're willing to judge according to what the Tanakh says, the prophets of old say. So let's continue here. But we do not think, but we do think it would be appropriate to hear your views from you yourself. For for all we know about this sect is that people everywhere speak against it. So they arranged a day with him and came to his quarters in large numbers. Think about this. These are many, many synagogue leaders, and leaders of the Jewish community in Rome. From morning until evening, he explained the matter to them, giving thorough witness about the kingdom of God and making both, of both the Torah of Moshe, the Torah of Moses, that's the first five books, and the prophets to persuade them about Yeshua. He did not quote one Word from the Brit Hadesha. Why? Because he had to set the stage, set the foundation. The Brit Hadesha New Testament does not stand if not on the stones of the Tanakh, the Old Testament, and the writings that were given by God through the prophets who were inspired by the Rukh HaKodesh, just as the apostles of the Brit Hadesha were. The Brit Hadashah fulfills what is already written in the Tanakh in the process of doing. Let's continue here. Some of them were convinced by what he said. The veil has been removed from their eyes. The scripture is speaking to them because the Tanakh is just as alive and full of the spirit of living God as the Brit Hadashah is. There are a lot of Christian People throughout this world that never read the Tanakh, the Old Testament.
1: They don't see the Old Testament.
0: As being living and vibrant for today. There are promises to Israel, Israel alone, in the book of Daniel and all the other prophets that shall be fulfilled. And you cannot understand the book of Revelation. Without understanding Daniel, Ezekiel and all the other prophets.
1: Let's continue here, because they
0: knew that that was a litmus test. That Rav Shohu had to had to persuade them by using what the Torah, of Moshe, and the prophets, and that's what he used to persuade them about Yeshua. See, it wasn't about him. It wasn't about him being a great rabbi. It was about him pointing them to Yeshua, the Messiah. And any man or woman on this earth that builds a ministry and it's all about them is not building God's kingdom. Is they're not pointing people to Yeshua. He's the Redeemer. He's the Messiah. Not your rabbi, not your pastor, not your elder, not your deacon. It's Messiah Yeshua. Here to be worshiping. He is the one you're to to revere, not man or woman. Let's continue here. Some were convinced by what he said, while others refused to believe. Notice that word, they refused, even though their hearts are convicting them, even though that the word of God is true, that Rav Shaul shared with them, they refused. Do we not have a free will? Absolutely. Will God ever take away our free will? Never. That's why you and I have family members who do not serve or have received Messiah. Some have had the full demonstration. Some have, have received the enlightenment of the Ruach. Some have received dreams. Some have received visions. Some have literally had Yeshua appear before them, and yet they still deny his existence. And he's from God the Father. There are people around the world that are proclaiming this. They're seeing a man come to them in their dreams, in visions, and in reappearing to, to them. And they're receiving Yeshua as their Messiah. This is going on in the Muslim world and other parts of the world. And because of the internet, We hear about these things going on. The transformation of God. In Iran today, the Mullahs are having a problem. Why? Because there are many Iranians who are coming to a saving knowledge that Yeshua is the Messiah. And they then begin to love the Jewish people. And they're in disagreement with their government.
1: His word is going forth
0: as never before. Names are being inscribed daily in the Lamb's Book of Life, the Book of Life. It says in the scripture that when that happens, the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Why? Because God's redemption plan for all those who will humble themselves and receive Yeshua. And be reconciled unto God the Father. Through His Son, by the power and quickly of the Holy Spirit. And my brothers and sisters, if that's not your focus in life, then you're living a selfish life. Rabbi, don't go there. Please don't go there. That's the truth. Here we're seeing a man live out his life before us, the Apostle Paul, and it was the kingdom, the kingdom of God, lifting up Yeshua. That was his passion. It wasn't the Vikings? It wasn't the Boston Celtics? It was the kingdom of
1: God. And it was Yeshua. And still
0: is. Let's continue here. While others refused to believe in Yeshua as Messiah, so they left disagreeing among themselves. So to what took place? A debate midrash. A debate. Because those who could see her clearly and the veil was removed from their eyes, just like Rob Shul, after he received Messiah, it's recorded in Acts. Where did he go? He went to the synagogues and started proclaiming that Yeshua is Messiah. And people in the synagogues were saying, isn't this the guy that received letters from the high priest to arrest those who were following the way? Yes.
1: This was all happening. And so think about that. There are now multiple
0: Jewish leaders who have now received Yeshua. And when they go back to their synagogues, what do you think they're going to
1: talk about? Let's continue here. So there's debate going on.
0: And then after Shaul had made one final statement, and we'll end this today. The Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, spoke well. And saying to our fathers through Yeshiahu, and who's Yeshayahu but Isaiah, the prophet. And this is recorded in Isaiah the prophet, chapter number six, verses nine and 10. And this is what it says. And I, Isaiah the prophet was told this to rebuke the Jewish people of that day that would someday go underneath the Babylonian captivity. See, God is always calling his people, whether you're Jewish or whether you're from the nations, been grafted in into repentance when we go off the path that leads to righteousness and holy living. Let's hear what the prophet had to say by the Spirit. Go to this people and say, you keep on hearing, but you
1: never understand. What do the
0: Jewish people do? They meditate on the Tanakh. Do we not have commentaries on the Tanakh? They study the commentaries more than they do the literal Tanakh. Is that not backwards? Absolutely. There are Christian men and women on this earth. Who are following Christian theologians. And they interpret the Bible through what the theologians have written. And they put the theologians above the apostles of the Brit
1: Hadashah.
0: Is there no difference? between some Christians that are going through commentaries and not meditating on the word of God by man's opinion. This book, the Tanakh, the Brit Hadashah, has God's opinion through the true prophets, through the true apostles. And that's why when you read commentaries, you have to be very, very careful. Are you examining every uh, reference that they use in their opinions? There's various opinions.
1: Just like in the Jewish community, the commentaries, the Mishnah, all these
0: books. They quote what a rabbi says. What do Christians do today? They quote what the theologian says. Is there any difference? None whatsoever. If the theologians do not teach what the apostles and prophets said in this book, I'm holding up a Bible for those who are listening on the podcast, have nothing to do with them. Just as the Jewish people today who are following after The commentaries of the rabbis, Rabbi so-and-so says this. Oh, but Rabbi so-and-so says this. We are to read the word of God for ourselves. And when Jewish people read Isaiah 53, and the rabbis are quick to say, well, that's the nation. That's the Levites. That's this, that's that. That's the suffering servant. No, Messiah is a suffering servant. And when the veil is removed from their eyes, they read the scripture and the spirit begins to speak in them. Then they walk and they receive God's salvation. Who is who? But his own son, Yeshua. So let's continue here. The Ruach HaKodesh spoke well in saying to our fathers through Yeshua, Isaiah the prophet, in Isaiah 6, chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Go to this people and say, you keep on hearing, but you never understand. You keep on seeing, but you do not perceive. Because the heart of this people has grown thick. With their ears, they barely hear. There are many people here listening to false prophets, false apostles. They're reading books by theologians that do not lead them to the truth. And they're not hearing what the Spirit says. They're not literally taking out their Bibles because they're lazy. Does not Timothy say we're not to be ashamed? Workmen? That we're to preach the good news in season and out of season? With their ears they barely hear. With their, and their eyes have been closed. Why?
1: Because they've closed them. Their free will.
0: Don't tell me the truth. I'm covering my ears right now. Doesn't it say in the last days that there will become false prophets and teachers? Leading the elect astray? Absolutely.
1: We're to know God's word.
0: And their eyes, their eyes, they have closed. For fear that they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with what? Their heart. You know, there's a scripture in the Tanakh that says this. You will find me if you search me with your whole heart. That's a promise to the Jewish people. It's there. The way of salvation. When Yeshua took those two uh, Talmudim that were on the road to Emmaus, and starting with the Torah of Moshe and the prophets, he explained to them in detail about himself that he would have to suffer and die. Think about this. These are literal men who are Yeshua's Talmudim. And when he died, they were complaining to him. We would raised for that because they didn't even recognize him. That's how important it is for us to know God's word. And to trust and believe, even though we cannot even understand what it says. Do you trust the Lord to accomplish all these and accomplish? For fear that they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart. And do what? Once the revelation of who Messiah is, what it produces in us is repentance, whether we be Jews, or be over our eyes the Lord has removed. True repentance to What does that word mean? To turn back to God. When Messiah comes back with his bride. And Israel cries out those words, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What does the scripture say? They will see him whose hands and feet are pierced. And they will mourn as if they've lost their only son. And in that day, they shall repent and do teshuva and receive and accept Yeshua as the promised Messiah. I've rejected you all my life.
1: I did not see you for who you are,
0: and I call upon you, and I receive you today. You are my Mashiach. You are my Messiah. You're my eternal high priest. You are my sacrifice. You are the blood sacrifice that my sins are now, not simply washed away, but they're also forgiven. And the scripture says this, that in that day, all of Israel shall be saved. This is all going to be accomplished by the Lord's orchestration. So for the fear, they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart. And do teshuva, to repent, to turn back to God. And what does the Lord say in the last part there? So that I could heal them. What's the greatest healing that any man, woman, or child on this earth need, whether you're Jewish or not, from the nations? You need to be healed from your sins. You need to be separated from your sins. You need to be cleansed by the blood of Messiah. True healing, true reconciliation is only through Yeshua the Messiah. And this is the template. That Rav Shaul is preaching to them to build the bridge so that they too can have that veil removed from their eyes and be like him. Not in chains, but be like him, knowing and fulfilling the divine call for their lives. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Shabbat shalom.